Hi, I'm Mark Hill, and this is the segment, The Podcast. I believe in human's potential, that the ultimate expression of oneself is achievable. And we all have that urge, that need to progress and become better. And I feel that the trail can help us do that. Whether it's overcoming fears, learning from mistakes, taking calculated trail risks, or building those long-lasting friendships. It's all progression. Join me as I speak with folks who are moving from the ordinary to the extraordinary, and let's catch them on their journey towards the KOM of their life. Welcome to the segment. Let's go. Hey, Senders, welcome back to another episode of the Segment Podcast. This is episode 83, and I just love doing these. I hope you guys are are enjoying these episodes as we go along. But as you know, the Segment Podcast is built as a platform to really just highlight people that are in our community that are moving from the ordinary to the extraordinary. And our next guest definitely does that. His name is Bill Mall, and he is the owner of a bike shop called Psychological, located at Dana Point, California. Take a listen to how Bill went from being a successful software sales representative who traveled all over the place, but his passion and his heart was in mountain biking. Take a listen to how he decided in 2012 to open up this shop and hey, fast forward to where we are today. They are still there, still cranking away. Him and his wife, Melissa, are having a great time with this bike shop, and they're making great, great headway in the mountain biking community and influencing and doing so many great things for the mountain bike community. I can't wait for you guys to enjoy this episode. Before we dive in, I do want to say thank you to the supporters of the Segment Podcast and Segment YouTube channel. Um, all of these companies have been handpicked. Luckily, they've decided to support the uh, the show, which I'm super grateful for. And we've designed it to where you as my listener can save a buck or two. So down below in the description, you'll either find promo codes or links that will save you a buck or two. If it's a link, it's an affiliate link. And that will give us a little bit on the back end to support the channel. Special thank you going out to Tasco MTB, Tasco made by riders for riders living that Tasco stoke. Also, special thank you going out to YT Industries for their bike support. YT, live uncaged. Next up is SSB, Sand Sports Brothers, a huge organization that makes the ultimate spray and wash, chain lube, and tire sealant. I mean, I'm telling you guys, this stuff is simply the best. Also, a big thank you going out to Spy Optic for covering my eyes for lifestyle and while out on the trails. With a wide variety of styles, you are bound to find something that you're going to love there at spyoptic.com. And last but not least, for protection, because it's not if and it's when, <laughs> thank you going out to Dianese OC. If you're in the market for anything uh, mountain bike, protective related, and more, Take a look at Dionese OC. If you pop on in there, say what's up to the manager, Rich. Tell him that uh, the segment sent you, and that will definitely put a smile on his face. All right, folks, without further ado, let's get you into episode 83 with Bill Mall. Hey, Mark. Hey, hey, Bill. What's happening, buddy? Not much. How are you? I'm good. Dude, thank you for jumping on the uh, segment podcast. I, I had a great time shooting yesterday. 
um, for the SSB commercial for the chain lube. And uh, man, it was windy out there. <laughs> that was so much fun. Yeah. That was that yeah. was awesome. Now the bike that you were on, like, so for the folks out there that are joining into the podcast, um, this is Bill Mall. He is the owner of a bike company called Psychological out in Dana Point, California, Southern California bike shop owner. Yesterday we were um, after work, we were going out and shooting for SSB, Sand Sports Brothers. It's a company that does like the spray and wash. They just released a chain lube, but we were out on the coast, and uh, man, the winds were just howling howling and we were all on djs and what was the bike that you were on bill um it was an se monster quad um the thing was a tank i'm used to riding really light mountain bikes and but it was it was fun uh definitely the wind was howling it was tough you trying to bring up a wheelie and uh just getting blown sideways totally totally i tried to bunny hop uh those stairs oh, yeah. and i got i got blown into a dead sailor man i thought i was going down Oh my God. That was, that was an interesting moment. I think, I think we'll have it on camera and you can put it on one of your future segments. Cause you definitely uh, scared us there with that one. Yeah. I was thinking to myself, just put it back down on the ground, please quickly. <laughs> this guy doesn't just do podcasts. He's got mad skills on a bicycle. <laughs> borrowed a borrowed dirt jump bike, sending it downstairs. So anyway. yeah, we were having a good time. John was scaring me though, man. He, he's like, how about this guys? How about that? Well, <laughs> that, uh, what was that? That 20 foot drop and, uh, Joey Yates, he probably hit it if he was there yesterday, but man, 20 feet with kind of a crosswind onto the beach. That was nuts. So <laughs> a little bit of a soft landing there. I don't know. Without yeah. suspension and a slack head angle, I wasn't going to hit it on that, on that monster. But Bro. Yeah. I thought, Bill, I thought you were going to send it a couple times with Ryder. <laughs> a couple times you, you've done the pre-run. So for the folks that don't know, when you see the commercial come out, I'm sure Ryder's going to be in it. Ryder is Bill and Melissa's doggy and was out on the shoot yesterday and Bill did a couple run-ups where he like ran up just to test the angle to see how the wind felt and then you know made a stop right at the cliff's edge. But man, Ryder looked like he was ready to go. Yeah. He dropped down that <laughs> first one with me. I don't think yeah. anyone expected that one or got it on film. Yeah. That was a good roller. That was a great roller. Um, so I think Joey's got got it in the background there. Um, but this will probably come out um maybe in a couple weeks uh for SSB. But here's some of the behind the scenes. Uh, that's on Instagram. You can check out just kind of what we were doing yesterday, rolling some steps. Um, Bill sending it with the dog with Ryder. You were the first one to do that steep drop too. That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, mon that monster quad handled it no problem. That was that was super awesome. But yeah, for the folks who who don't know Bill, uh, Bill Mall and Melissa Mall own Psychological. And uh, Bill, you were telling me backstage that you opened that thing up. What was it? Did you say 2000 and was it 12? Yeah. March 17th, 2012, back on uh, St. Patrick's Day in 2012. And uh, yeah, so 11 years now. And the, uh, it's been uh, really, really fun. Really interesting. Had a, had a good time. Yeah. You guys have seen a ton with uh, the whole mountain bike scene, you know, going through its normal changes and then the influx of riders from COVID. Um, you were telling me backstage, you know, a couple minutes ago that um, it was challenging for as an owner and just uh, being in the industry and trying to be careful with COVID, like in the store. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. that was, uh, I mean, it was difficult times. Everyone, you know, was good, good for the shop um, at first because we were able to get, you know, we were able to sell off 
all of our inventory, all our, all our old inventory. It just uh, got challenging when we couldn't get new inventory and the supply chain ran out. Um, and it was also tough not being in the shop. Um, I was high risk. Um, I served in the military and had a lung condition from the first Gulf War and wasn't able to uh, be in the shop. And oh, dang! Yeah, so that was a. Uh, it was it was tough not being there a lot and yeah. just communicating with people via phone and uh, video conference and Skype and stuff like that. Yeah, I bet after all those years of being hands on and in the shop, um, but when psychological started in two thousand and twelve. There's a couple things I, I wanted to find out. Like, one, you you start you opened it up in Dana Point, beautiful, beautiful area, and and then two, how did you come up with the name Psychological? I love yeah. that name. Yeah, we were looking for uh, you know looking for names that hadn't been used before and uh, trademarked and spitballed. And Melissa actually, my wife came up with the name, and I was like, it's got to be taken. You know, that, that's a <laughs> that's an interesting name. And there's a psychological clothing company that spells the name a little bit differently, but no one had it um, trademarked or used that was spelled this way. And um, so we went with it. Brilliant. A little bit difficult to, um, you know, explain to people, people on your, uh, your email, when you're giving them your email, um, yeah. spelling it for them. They yeah. like want to use uh, psychological with a PS. Right. See <laughs> why. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. And then the logo, it looks like a, is that a, like a master link? Yeah, it's chain link the logo. with the, with the uh, CO psychological and then data point. That's very cool. That's really cool. And then Bill, when when you um, obviously you had a passion for mountain biking, you had you had been riding for a long time. But tell us a little bit about about your background in riding uh, mountain bikes because it looks like you do it all: mountain bikes, cruisers, oh, yeah. BMX. You, I think moto anything with two wheels. Anything. Right. Where did yeah. this all start? Um, you know. Parents got me a Schwinn Stingray when I was like six or seven years old and started building wood ramps with uh, cinder blocks, you know, on the uh, sidewalk. And <clears throat> that's how it all started. Um, then I kind of got into dirt biking, motocross, uh, did that until I was um, in my 30s and then raced off-road uh, desert until I was in my 40s. And I always had a day job, but was able to luckily race and have a good time for a long time. And uh, but um, when, uh, when I hit about 43 years old, um, the business I was with, um, we ended up selling the business. It was a software company and um, the local bike shop went out of business in town. It was called Revo. Uh -huh. They were in Dana Point for a number of years um, and they went out of business. Wife was sick of me traveling and she's like, you love bikes. Why don't you start a bike shop? So that's how Psychological came to be. No way. That's a... That's awesome. Was it now talk to us? There's a lot of us out there that are wanting to transfer from like the corporate, you know, golden handcuffs and, and start up something on their own, something that they really love to do. Was that a difficult transition for you or were you like to the point where you just knew this is the time to do it? It was, yeah, it was really challenging transition to make. I mean, it was really refreshing at the time, you know, paint, painting the shop and doing the tenant improvements and, you know, just doing the stuff yourself when you're doing a startup or a new location. Uh -huh. We started really small and uh, just worked, you know, worked really hard and worked with our hands and did things that you wouldn't normally do when you were, when I was doing software sales. And uh, that was pretty rewarding um, to see it come to fruition. And when it eventually started making money too, it was, it was, it was nice. That's awesome. Were, were you always at the same location, Bill, when you first started? Yeah. 
psychological? Yeah, we started with the uh, with the same location and uh, have kind of expanded within the building that we're in. And we started with a small small space up top, and then it grew a little bit, and then we got two garages down below as well. So um, yeah, it's a uh, still a small mom and pop. We're not going to be an in cycle or a uh, rock and road anytime. That's not our goals. We just family oriented. Um, we like, we love our employees and we want their families welcome. And yeah. So. That, that is awesome. I definitely want to ask about some of those because some of those folks were little kiddos when the shop opened and then they come on, they came on up through the shop. Adam Mock here is in the audience. What's up, Adam Mock? I'm so glad you made it. He says, I made it. I almost got a Ritmo from Psychological, but they were so hard to come by at the time. Cool. Thanks, Adam. I'm glad, I'm glad you, glad you gave us a shot. I completely understand the, uh, the supply chain is very challenging. We just sold a Ritmo AF yesterday though. That was, uh, was nice. And we have a one more Ritmo AF in stock still. Nice. So, Inventory is kind of spotty and hard to come by. <clears throat> Speaking of new bikes, on the Ripmo segment, the new Pivot Firebird 2.9. Uh -huh. That bike is off the hook, and we can get those right now. There's some availability on those bikes. So. Yeah. How, how is the supply chain from like a, a business owner? Has it has it changed in, in the sense that it's getting a lot better? Is it is it flooded again? Is it still sparse? Where are we at when it comes to that? it's kind of sparse and hit and miss, especially with parts. Um, um, and uh, the big parts companies like Shimano and SRAM, uh -huh. um, they're, uh, they're still seeing some delays, but it's it's been challenging. And sometimes we've had to source our parts from different areas. Um, but uh, yeah, it's sourcing parts from a lot of different sources that we didn't used to have to do in the, in the yeah, in the in the past we were, you know, able to get most of our stuff from one supplier and they provided everything. So. Yeah. Man, I know I was on a ride um at a place in San Diego and my buddy Joey here, he broke his chain and I was thinking to myself, Oh man, is he gonna be off the bike for a while now or or how's that gonna be? Like I, I wasn't sure. Yeah, we were we were out of eleven speed chains for a little while. Service uh, you know, service was potentially getting backed up and we at some points had to, you know, purchase stuff direct from eBay at retail or, or Amazon at retail, just so we could wow. repair a customer's bike and keep the customer happy and keep the service flowing. So wow, getting yeah. creative, getting creative for sure. Where you, where you can, I've heard of that people doing like Amazon and and uh, whatever that needed to be done. You know, maybe other bike shops loaning you a part or two if oh, you, yeah. if you could. Yeah, borrowing stuff. Getting, um, actually, it was interesting. There's uh, a couple of our old, um, like we when we started the bike shop, we just started with Pivot and Jameis. And okay. uh, and then, but companies like Jameis and Fuji, uh, when these shortages happened, we were getting tubes from tubes and tires and parts and cassettes from these larger bike manufacturers that didn't have frames to put these parts on. So they started, uh, they started selling to the, some of the dealers. So that was... That was nice too. So, so even the, um, you know, the people in the industry, they got, you know, the bigger people in the industry, they got wise to it and said, okay, there's a, there's a hole in the market for tubes and tires. We don't have frames to put these tubes, tires, cause that's on. We'll sell them to the, uh, to the bike shops. So. Nice. That's good. Yeah. It seems like everybody had to pivot during that, that time. What do you think it was? And, and I'm going to give some shout outs too to the, to the, to the chat. We have a lot of cool people out here in the chat, but what do you think it was about 
COVID, something that was like, so like everybody go inside, don't go to work. And you know, what was it about that, that brought people out and, and brought them out to bikes? Like you must've seen thousands of people coming through. Yeah, it was amazing. So first what happened was the, uh, the kids bikes and the $500 entry level mountain bikes, which we, we call the gateway drug. Um, <laughs> and yeah, well, I mean, all these people are coming out of the gym. They couldn't go to the gym. So we had a bunch of gym <laughs> uh, people that were doing spin, um, things, things like that. Another reason why Peloton blew up during that time. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and kids, lots of, lots of kids, you know, that parents, parents had the kids at home. They needed an activity that kids could do outside that was social distancing. So the bike thing blew up. So that's what we saw go extinct at first was the kids' bikes and the $500 mountain bikes with like cable disc brakes. Then it went to the $700 mountain bikes, hardtails with uh, with the hydraulic disc brakes. And then, and it just kind of trickled up as far as uh, supply running out of, of product. But wow. we hope... We hope at least of those gateway drug bikes that we sold, if we can get 20 to 30% of those people sticking with it, that's just yeah. going to be amazing for the industry. I oh, mean, yeah. we're going to see a COVID whiplash of more people out there riding bikes. And you can see it on the trails right now. I mean, a lot of, you know, a lot of people are hating on the, the new people out there and, uh, and, we don't want it to be like surfing. You know, we don't want it to be exclusive. We want it to be right. inclusive of everyone, families. At least that's my, you know, my thought yeah. on it. Yeah. And uh, so to try to foster that is, is, is important to us. No, that, that makes sense. That's cool. That's, that's good culture. You know, I, I do have to say I, I am a COVID writer too. I started in, man, it's so funny. You nailed it. The same way my son looked at me and he said, Hey dad, why don't we just get mountain bikes? Cause we would drive down to San Diego to jump in the water, but it ended up taking like all morning long. Little did I know fast forward. Now it takes all morning long <laughs> anyways on a, on a bike, just cause we're out there for so long having a good time. But That's yeah, cool. he would, he was a gateway drug boy. He, uh, with, <laughs> with, he was a hardtail Haro and, uh, there was a used specialized stump jumper in the shop. Cool. And, uh, yeah, we ended up walking out the door and I never looked back, man. It's, it's That's been cool. so fun. And everybody's been cool. Um, speaking of everybody, we got, man, we got tons of people in here. Brett Hall is in here. Brett Hall is the owner of a clothing company called Unspoken. He says, cool. we love every writer. We all started somewhere. Definitely. Yeah. So Air Blair is in here. He says, did you say breaks? <laughs> <laughs> Who needs breaks? Who needs breaks? He didn't have any breaks yesterday on the commercial shoot. <laughs> yeah. We get, we, we're, we're getting Blair's bike dialed in right now. After that shoot, I took the bike back to the shop. And Sean, our mechanic, he's a actually nine-time national trials champion. He oh used to be Hans Ray's teammate with GT back in the 80s. Um, oh, geez. But he's big into these. These Blair has these hydraulic Magura um, rim brakes, which are like trials brakes. So Sean's big into that. And you probably wouldn't find a, a shop in, in probably most of California that would carry these hydraulic rim brake parts but we have the barbs we have the hydraulic lines they're different than than the regular regular stuff and nice it's basically hydraulics actuating a rim brake pretty impressive stuff dang um, but but sean is gonna is getting blair's bike dialed in so he'll he'll be able to send it even harder yes 
I can't believe he he hit that steep downhill into the into the beach yesterday with no brakes. I, I I looked to the left, I looked at the ocean for a second, I looked to the right, and the cameras were rolling, and he, there he goes. That yeah. was so good. That was yeah. so good. Turn the camera on and watch watch everyone do it. I know. Kodiak <laughs> was it Kodak Courage? Once that camera starts to roll, man, everyone's like, I can do this with the twenty mile an hour crosswind. <laughs> That was scary. That was scary. We got Spokesman MTB in the house. Um, Spokesman is up in Northern California. We have a celebrity in the house, Mr. Colorado Kid. Shout out to Colorado Kid also for this roadcaster setup. He had given me the advice on uh, how to pick this up. So he says he's sitting in front of his computer and trying to figure out how to make Colorado Kid limited edition trading cards. That's cool. Oh, hitting the bike shop soon. Spokesman MTV says, I made hey, trading hey, cards. Colorado Karate Kid? That's it. <laughs> Cal Colorado Karate Kid. Yeah, from the last podcast. Yeah. Cobra, Cobra Kid. <laughs> Spokesman said, I made trading cards for my company once. Senior management and C-suite officers. It was a hot item. Dang. That could be, uh, that could be super fun. We also have um, New Zealand in the house. He says, what's up, MTB nerds? up there we got uh mtb kaz ozeki am i saying that right buddy he says what up people yeah there's octodad out of new zealand which is uh which is awesome um there's mtb kaz ozeki ozeki i think i'm saying that right what what's up people oh johnny New Zealand's on my bucket list i i've, I've always wanted to ride there i just look at pictures from there and videos from there and that that, that looks amazing to me so it looks so beautiful there, man. Marty, keep keep blasting up pictures on IG because that place looks so fun. I got to give him a follow. I gotta give him a follow so yeah, give a mountain bike Q and A a follow too. This is Johnny Yu. He says, "Does the trading cards pack come with a hard piece of gum?" Do you remember <laughs> that <laughs> back in the day? Spokesman says that's a very good question. Oh my god, you used to chew that until the sugar would run out, and then it would feel like you're chewing on like leather. <laughs> oh man. Um, Bill, so, okay. So you opened up the shop in 2012. Melissa comes up with the name psychological. You're, you're coming off the corporate world. So in my job in the, in the real world, I do sales for a pharmaceutical company. So I, I know on the software side, like lots of traveling, lots of people, you know, trying to make sure that all the accounts are happy and then going to your own business must've felt so good. Like I, I heard you say like painting it, you know, caressing the shop, basically making sure that, uh, it's the way that you wanted it. Yeah. But were there moments where you're like, dude, we're not, we're not going to make it. Or were you okay from the jump? You know, early on, I, you know, I was a, a moto guy and then hardcore mountain biker and like the enduro, um, mountain bike segment. And that's how we opened up the shop. And we were pretty much, you know, pivot was our main brand. And, God. Um, and my, uh, you know, a good friend of mine from the software industry, yeah, I was like, I'm kind of struggling, you know, we're, we're, we're not selling a lot. We're, we're doing, we're selling, we're selling a fair amount, but we're not, we're not killing. This was like the first year and year and a half. And he's like, bro, you're alienating like 70% of your audience. You're in Dana point. You can't just sell hardcore mountain bikes and road bikes. You need to you know, sell some kids bikes, sell some family bikes. Those kids bikes will end up being um, riders. And that's what I was kind of got into that gateway drug mentality of like got to nurture the youth and, and the newer riders. And, and um, I, you know, I think, yeah, it's just any, any rider needs to 
have that ability to to excel. And and I, I wasn't doing that right off the bat just because I was that core enduro rider, mountain bike rider, and and didn't think about you know just was kind of selfish. And this is what it is, and this is the best. And um, anyway, so uh, once we did that, the the business really uh, really took off, and uh, Melissa became a little bit more involved with the business then. Um, at first, she was you know she was working in ophthalmology and uh, in the medical industry as well. And um, when she became involved, the business became more family oriented, um, and then it opened up and really grew. So nice. Yeah, that that's really cool, man. That's uh, expanding from like one discipline of bike. Like with two wheels, there's so many different disciplines, man. There's the dirt jumpers, there's the cruisers, there's the kids bike, hardtails, trail, enduro, DH. Uh, trail Dogs is saying now there are nine-year-olds doing backflips. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no kidding, man. So many talented. If you're nine years old doing a backflip, when do you think they started? Like eight? <laughs> Well, I think I think Jackson Goldstone, who just won uh, Red Bull Hardline, was was backflipping at like eight, seven, or eight years old. Good as well. grief! There's some video, old videos of him doing that. Um, Good grief! My yeah. goodness. But his dad was a hardcore mountain biker. They live in you know in that Whistler area, and uh, and he was involved in it early. And uh, the earlier you're going to see these kids from a also from a moto perspective, you're going to see these kids that are riding these stasics at two years old, that are learning throttle control at two years old. Anytime you can get something ingrained in that early, it's just that muscle memory never goes away. Yeah. Um, God, that's insane, man. That definitely is insane. Um, Spokesman saying, yesterday rode Santa Cruz weather is perfect right now. Oh, oh, Marty was asking, where has everybody been riding? And then uh, Trail Dog saying he's 18. 18 i wonder what they're talking about there but yeah i mean all these kids getting on mountain bikes and then we, you know we had air blair with us yesterday he's the the coach of the laguna beach mountain bike team i think every single one of those kids shreds super hard yeah he's got 40 42 he told me 42 kids i think yeah and I think uh, we're really excited that's another thing we love to do is collaborations and uh like uh, another guy you had on your podcast uh big loop We've collaborated yes. with him multiple times. We've done uh, Ensenada Bike Fest. He put on a rad event there. Um, Lusion Brews multiple times. And uh, he, he's just a really good promoter. Um, collaborating with people like him and then meeting Blair and knowing that he's got those kids uh, because we've we're kind of, I kind of introduced him to the program that we have with uh, Dana Hill's mountain bike team. Um, Brad Greenbaum, he's a famous uh, surgeon uh, okay. for the motor motocross industry and sports industry. He runs the high school mountain bike team for Dana Hills, oh, and um, we take care of their kids and you know help them out, make sure that you know if there's an upcoming race, we get them first in line and get them ahead of the pack so they get their service done, give them a little discount. So, um, but we're going to try to do that with Blair and the uh, Laguna kids as well. Dang, that's cool community, man out there doing doing stuff good stuff with the community there there was also you were saying that you had a cross-country team that you guys were supporting oh, yeah. the, oh so descent race team they've been with us for years i almost forgot yeah. about them yeah, um yeah. oh my god great group of people um the the coolest group of cross-country um enduro distance racers um they they do it all um gravel events um xc events but they kill it it's descent race team 
Um, and they've been sponsored by Psychological for, I think, seven seven years now. Um, Dang. Maybe even eight, eight years. Eight years. I was conferring with the wife. Um, yeah, so I think eight years. So they've been great. Um, very, you know, everyone in that group is really family-oriented. Um, if anyone ever wants to get in or involved with uh, some of these cross-country or endurance events or gravel events, um, hit me up and I'll connect you with these guys. They're really open and and uh, like to bring new people in to the sport. That's awesome. Was it a team that you cultured and created or did you adopt them from another place that- Yeah, we actually adopted them from, we adopted them from Jack, from Jack's, um, which is where Sean actually came from for, well, Sean helped us when we opened 11 years ago for a short period of time while he was working somewhere else. And then, then he was working at Jack's and then he kind of, when he left Jack's, he kind of brought them with us because he's that good of a mechanic that these guys won't let anyone else work on their bikes. I think, Oh wow! Um, I think that's part of the reason. And, and we helped him out with some cool jerseys and, and, uh, and uh, easy ups and stuff like that too. So. Ah, that's really cool. That's really cool how you created that group. And it sounds like now you have that team, but you're going <coughs> to, sorry, you're going to do a uh, enduro team now. You're going to try to build one out. Yeah. So we're, we're um, looking for um, basically psychological ambassadors. And we're also talking about collaborating. Um, the hat you're wearing SSB uh, came to us and they said, we've got a couple of ambassadors that are close to you that don't have don't have a shop that they work with. And we think they'd be great for your shop. You've got a couple of enduro riders who don't have a uh, bike washer sealant brand. So let's pull this together and uh, and collaborate and do something that's core. And we only, we like to align ourselves with people that have similar values and family values and, uh, and SSB and their ambassadors seem to align really well with our ambassadors and what we've got going. So. I think that's a great thing. Once you find a a good uh, good group of people to collaborate with, I think it's really intelligent to do that. Yeah, no, that's going to be great. Good people, and then it's kind of nice going back to you. So you're basically coming from the enduro background, from your riding perspective. Is, mm-hmm. is that going to be super fun to build out this enduro team? I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, so. it's kind of. Um, I've been off the bike for about 18 months, and just got on the bike about a month ago. I had a little. Um, I got I get hit by a truck, but uh, in 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 the parking lot on a sidewalk uh, what? near the shop. Yeah, crazy story. Wait, um, walking or riding? No, I was riding my bike. So I just finished a uh, pretty gnarly ride in the morning and got home. And um, my wife said, "Hey, Bill, we gotta we gotta open the shop. Um, I'll go open. You shower and roll down on your bike because we live pretty close to the shop." And um, she went down, I rolled down on the bike. Luckily I was going to put on my helmet. It was all sweaty. And, uh, I was like, ah, I'm not going to wear a helmet. And then I was like, nah, I should probably wear a helmet. Cause a friend of ours had just gotten hurt with a head injury like the previous week. I was like, so I grabbed my son's helmet, threw that on. He's adult son, 19 years old at the time, put that helmet on, rolled down, turned on the sidewalk in front of our, near our shop in front of Bear Coast coffee and, uh, some gentleman in a, uh, um, Ford F, 254 by four oh, thought he was in reverse, but he was in drive and he looked back over his shoulder oh, and geez. stepped on the throttle. And, and it just simultaneously happened that I was going by at about 15 miles an hour. And you ever flick a piece of paper 
Right. Yeah, I, was, I was that piece of paper that got flicked. Oh, dude, so, like those old football things at yeah, school. Yeah, exactly. Try to flick it. Holy cow. So he's right, right through the uprights. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Bill. So you went fly. He didn't run you over, over. No, 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 no. He, he hunted luckily, you. Luckily, it didn't squish me because his truck continued to go because it's what was stuck on the throttle into oh. a, um, a planter box and up into the planter box and wedged into a palm tree. And I flew over the planter box, luckily and didn't get squished. So um, dislocated my hip and like separated my shoulder, uh, mild concussion and uh, um, I had to have a knee surgery. So there's a, a few things So it put me out for about 18 months. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was crappy, but uh, anyway, I don't think the guy meant to do it. So yeah, I mean, the guy probably felt horrible, but why is it always these big, big, big trucks? When, but, when I hear these stories, it's so I'm, scary. I'm back, and I've been back. Yeah, he says this is why I don't do road biking. <laughs> I was on my mountain bike on a sidewalk. You just never, you just never know. Um, but now so, that you're here with yeah, us and in, in front of us right now, are we on? No, but road, bike, road bikes, yeah, do put you in that situation a lot as well. I agree. Yeah. Um, now, now that you're here and you're over the 18 so, months, are we allowed to ask, is the bike okay? Oh, the bike actually wasn't, you know, wasn't totaled, um, but the E-wing, like it had E-wing tie cranks and uh, um, those, the, the spindle in the middle got bent. Um, the truck didn't run it, run the bike over. The bike got sent away from the truck, but, but, but uh, yeah, there's a few things, the, the, yeah, a few things were tweaked on it pretty good. So. Dang, Bill. Dreadlock says, being off the bike sucks. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's. Isaiah, Isaiah has been off the bike for different surgeries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Heal up, man. That, that, it, that was, that's, it was really, really a bummer. I mean, I gained 30, I gained 30 pounds, which is crazy. Um, I'm, I'm pretty tall, but 30 pounds is a lot of weight to gain. I got back on the mountain bike and uh, just, so I've been back on the bike for a couple, a month and a half now. I tried to get back on the mountain bike and my knee kept swelling up. And I was having a hard time going uphill because just the extra weight I was carrying. Um, so I did get on the road bike and um, and been doing the trainer a little bit. And then actually got on an e-mountain bike for a little bit of the off-road stuff. And I was anti-e-mountain bike. Um, but my wife said I was being a, a I've changed the words, a jerk. Um, and to get over it and go ride, just get out so you can get that adrenaline out and be a happier person. Yeah, um, the road bike you, wasn't quite doing that for me. It was kind of making me an angrier person. The road bike, just yell <laughs> with cars and you know shit like that, stuff like that. Excuse me. No, no, you can cuss on the show. What? Okay. How, how did you feel about the uh, about the E when you were on it? Um, you know, okay, so I was really anti before, but from a business perspective, we we adopted e bikes because you know hotcakes wanted them, and yeah. uh, it was something we could sell that would make us money. So. Um, uh, but when I was selling them, I was very uh, preachy as far as, do you understand you're, if you're new to this, um, you can ride up hills that most people don't expect a bike to be going uphill. So, you know, try to, I try to educate everyone because I don't want to see someone coming up a hill when I'm coming down at 30 miles an hour, yeah. miles an hour. And, you know, that's right. That's going the wrong way. Yeah. So, so, but now, after I got on it and rode it, um, it, it's pretty amazing um, as far as what it can do for you from a from a riding perspective, getting you out there. Um, my normal loop at Rombless in the morning is like seven miles, 1,200 feet 
on the regular 32 pound um, enduro bike. Um, average heart rate's like 168, 165, okay. but it's never 165. It's like 180, 90, 170, 80, you know, up and down. Right. Um, so the the e-bike. I go out same hour and 10 minutes, hour and five minutes, 12 miles, 2,500 feet. So almost double the distance, double the elevation in the same amount of time. Um, average heart rate, 150. Never below, 10. never wow. below, never. Well, it depends on like that's running at an eco. But it, what that allowed me to do was not have my knee swell up and uh, spin at 95 RPMs basically. So, yeah. but the heart rate would never drop below 140 and would never go above like 155. So, mm. so you're, and you're not, and you don't stop pedaling. So what I tell people is it turn uh, an e-bike can turn a mountain bike ride into a flat road bike ride from a fitness yeah. perspective, if you wanted it to. Right. But they're a little soulless going downhill. In my opinion, you know, um, I'm riding a, we had a demo bike at the shop an intense taser. So I was riding that amazing bike, but all of the full power e-bikes to me at 48 to 50 pounds. Uh, I'm, I'm really um, kind of light e-bike curious now, uh -huh. but, but I still um, still want to ride my Firebird 29 conventional bike. And then maybe considering trying to pick up a light, light e-bike, like the new pivot shuttle SL. Yeah. <clears throat> that bike looks pretty dope. Killing it right around 37 pounds. And you know, my Enduro bike doesn't weigh much more than that, you know? Right. Exactly. Put you right in the sweet spot. Oh, what's up, Sean? California MTB is here out of the East Coast now. He's out there. He says, oh, hi, friends. What's up, Sean? Good to see you on here, man. Um, Octodad saying, what's a good XS Enduro bike for extra small Enduro bike for kids? First full suspension MTB for the first Ooh. one. Um, Rocky, Rocky mountain. Oh, wait, actually, you know, who else has one that's really good, um, transition. Mm. Yeah. And they can convert it from 24 to 26, um, 26 inch wheels, but at 26 inch wheels, it is a extra small or smaller, um, Enduro mountain bike. Another the one that would be good that has super low standover um, pivot. A lot of the pivots, um, like even their Mach 6, super low standover, and you can get those in an extra small. We've got um, a couple riders riding the extra small that are like one. Um, we've got a woman that's five foot tall and a man who's five foot three okay. that's riding the Mach 6 extra small. <clears throat> so sure. that's, that's a great enduro way. Nice. For kids... Is it better to get them in like a 27.5 extra small since they're going to grow so much if they're like in the preteens? You know, what I like to do with the kids is, you know, everyone, you know, I've got, I've got two kids. They were three years apart, three years apart. So I didn't really mind laying out the money for the first kid uh, because I knew the second kid would get the bike. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And we, we started out with a 24-inch hardtail and then passed that down to the the younger son and then went to a 26 inch full suspension extra small and then passed that down but if i had one kid maybe i would have made him stretch a little bit more i get a lot of dads that come into the shop they're like i don't want to i want this bike for three years at least and then so I, they want to go a little bit bigger so i say if we could put a really short stem on it get the bars to the right length and the kid can manual up a curb pull up a curb uh -huh. without 
then he's going to be safe off-road. If he can't pull up that curb without pedaling, you're going to be going downhill. You're going to have to pull up over obstacles. I think it's critical that you can at least loft your front wheel yourself without pedaling. Man. Uh, so that's, that's my advice to, to people. Great. Great advice. Rick's on here. EMTB and Moto Adventure says, my seven-year-old rode the Transition Ripcord 24 in Maui on Pineapples Express Trail. Perfect bike for the 710 age bracket. Yeah. I agree. That's a great bike. Sweet. Um, Air Blair is saying, Liv has a great priced e-bike that would be great for kids. I didn't know there were kids' e-bikes. Oh, well, it's a female. Liv's the Giants Giants, uh, female-specific brand. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We're not a giant dealer, but but the live the lives and the pivots have probably the lowest standover in the industry, okay. uh, as as far as good standover height. Wow, dang, that's cool. Yeah, I know my son. I'm I'm constantly towing him up the mountain, especially like when we go to places like Sky Park. He just wants the tow because he wants the downhill. <laughs> so. He's like, as soon as there is a e-bike for for kids, dad, can I jump on one? And I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know. I think it may be Sean California MTB. He is an ambassador for Rocky Mountain. Maybe, maybe he can, uh, yeah, maybe he could like uh, get some on that. Uh, Brett Hall saying Tanner rides a transition, had a blast on it. Yeah. So, so Bill, some of the bikes that that you guys have out of your shop, I I know that. I don't understand how this works, but certain bike shops are certain dealers for certain bike companies within like a radius or something like that. So how, what bikes do you have in your shop? So primarily uh, pivot, um, pivot, Ibis, uh, intense Yeti. And the pivot's been with us from the beginning intense as well. Uh, Ibis too, pretty early on and Yeti. Um, and then there's, um, you know, we're, we're working really hard, uh, to pick up transition in Rocky mountain right okay. now, um, okay. but we're not signed with them yet, but we've been, we've been talking with them. It's just a matter of, um, pulling the trigger. We did a little remodel on the shop recently and remodeled the garage space. So God. Uh, I think we're ready. I think we're ready to bring on, we like the, we, we like the niche, uh, high-end smaller brands um, it gives us flexibility it gives our consumers a choice of what they want to buy um, um, we, we like those brands it's 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 neat to see really yeah, nice. I, I see uh, in here we have some folks saying um, SB 150 spokesman saying SB 150 is 30 pounds um, trail dogs my bike weighs 36 pounds so e-bike just makes sense my bike is not an e-bike so talking about that lighter e-bike, like, yeah, but the lighter e-bike is not necessarily an SB 150 because they're specking it with to get it at 37 pounds. They're specking it with I think it's a one, it's 140, 130, kind of down country geo on that SL pivot. But I know people are going to throw, um, you know, one, you know, or one. It's 150, 140, I think, and. Uh, I think people are going to probably throw a 164 on it and i'm sure cascade link has something uh you know in the works to make it a little bit longer um but i don't think it'll gain that much weight and it could be equivalent to that yeti sp 150. that's one thing i've noticed riding the e-bikes with the having that much weight down low uh it rides like you have going downhill like you have 15 to 20 more millimeters of travel um 
just because of the connection with the ground, because of the weight that's underneath the bike, that low center of gravity is kind of holding you down. It's a little yeah. cheap, little, a little bit like cheating when it's super heavy. I mean, I can't really speak to the lightweight e-bikes yet, what it's yeah. going to feel like, but. I always tell everybody when I'm on the decoy, I tell everybody that I feel like I'm, I'm hooking up with a magnet whenever I, I like blast into oh, yeah, a corner. You're just, you're, just, you're just connected to the ground, especially, yeah, that decoy is like really, really connected. Are you on a small or a medium? Uh, medium. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a big bike. You know, medium kind of. decoy core three, man. I It puts a smile on my face, but uh, God, there's so many good bikes out there. I mean. Do you, do you uh, have the E8000 or EP8? Uh, uh, EP8. EP8, okay. Does your EP8 rattle at all? Like make a little rattling noise when you're coasting? Yes. As soon okay. as I get off the pedal, like right. for a second, if it sounds all like right. the marble that goes clink, and I'm like, what is that? What is yeah. that? You know, one of these yeah. days it's going to get stuck well, on they, the they, When they were trying to they were trying to make it have less drag um, than the A8000. So uh, it's just kind of, are you familiar with Ducati and the clutches on the, the dry clutches? It reminds me of that. Um, where it kind of rattles a little bit, but it's freewheeling and less drag that way, I guess, is what I, that's what I was told. But God, it. So that's like it disengaging when yeah. you, when you first coast. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the marketing guys making something up. They don't recognize the marble that's in there. <laughs> I hope that marble never gets stuck. Spokesman MTV is saying the Ritmo is 32 pounds. Highball is 20 pounds. What is the highball? Oh, Highball is their XC. Um, highball is uh, Santa Cruz's um, XC race bike, which is oh, like a hardtail. My God. Hardtail, yeah, hardtail. Um, really, like the chainstays are like super, you know, super thin, flexy. Yeah. Like a, Dude. Looks, the, the Highball looks like a Cervelo C3 road bike. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty cool. What now? When we were on the dirt jumpers yesterday, the DJs, how much do those weigh? Because man, I literally came off the decoy and then jumped onto that pivot dirt jumper. Oh, yeah, that's the like, pivot Whoa. point. Uh, you yeah, know, even though it's um it's um it's it's a great steel dirt jump bike, but it's a lightweight steel dirt jump bike. Uh, that bike's probably, you know, you only had a rear brake on that. Um, so doing some of those drops you did with the rear brake was pretty cool. Um, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, and only 120 millimeters travel and the head angle is like 68 degrees. Yeah. But, uh, but, but that bike's light for, you know, that's why you were floating around in the wind when you bunny hopped that staircase and went and you drifted probably two feet to the left. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to go into the rails and I'm probably going to like bang my knee here and then touch down. It's like, Oh, thank God we're down. We're on the ground. <laughs> Jeez yeah. Louise. That was a good looking bike though, man. Yeah, that, that was so fun. So here, here's something that now looking at DJs after yesterday, Bill, and for the folks that are in the chat, a lot of us have mountain bikes. At one point, maybe some of us had hardtails. When do we get a dirt jumper and do we get a dirt jumper? Because I know a lot of those skills may transfer. I got a dirt jumper when my kids were like 10 to 12 years old. And the main reason was we had a pump track um, built by a friend of mine that uh, worked for Oakley, Ryan Shea. Um, and this was up in Marina Hills, just east of uh, east of Dana Point in Lincoln Minigal. He had the raddest pump track, and it was right above my kids' elementary school. And we would just go there every day after school. And this is before I owned the bike bike shop. And we would just pump track, pump track. So that's when I bought oh, the uh, that's when I go. bought the BJ bike and got into it. Wow, and, there's uh, one right there. <clears throat> but still, from a jumping 
you know, like pump track perspective, I'm, I love it, but a jumping perspective coming from a moto background, I still preferred like even hitting like medium sized dirt jumps. I kind of preferred riding like short travel, uh, mountain bike, okay. all that stuff, you know, that was like a, like a down country mountain bike feels better to me jumping it with okay. 27 inch wheels than, than a dirt jump bike, just because it feels more stable. And I don't know. Probably That's just my personal preference, but I'm an old guy. So no, that makes sense. I mean, it, it probably feels like how your mountain bike would feel. So, like as far as transferring those skills over to the mountain bike, it wouldn't be like, you know, so foreign. Um yeah. Trail Dogs MTB saying when your city makes a bomb pump pump track like ours, no kidding. Yeah, Temecula or uh Myriad Temecula area um is gonna have a nice, I think nine acres they're doing out there in, in Menifee. So wow. kind of close to Greer. Sweet, sweet pump track. That's super cool. That's yeah. Super cool. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I, I keep looking at those, especially after yesterday. I'm thinking, man, would a would a DJ improve my skills for pumping and cornering and, and airtime? I I also think it'd be fun at like Santa's Village, you know, to have a bike like that. But then I also look at <clears throat> I had a slope style bike uh, uh, uh track ticket for a while, which was a 26 inch short travel, basically dirt jump bike. And that was a lot of fun. Um, and at a, at a place like Santa's village off the hook fun, you Ooh. know, just to have that poppiness and, uh, and, you know, and we weren't, a, we're not even a truck dealer, you know, it's, a, it's just, <laughs> it was just a bike, you know, it's just, I liked that bike. It was cool. Pivot has, um, uh, had an M4X at the time. I just couldn't get one. So, oh man, um, which was pretty cool. They're so like dual slalom 26 or, What's the difference between that type of bike and a dirt jumper? Are they are they pretty close to the same, or is the geometry completely uh, very, different? Very very close to the same. Uh, it's like what what those guys are using for the slope style competitions, but uh -huh. but pretty steep head angles and uh, you know not much suspension travel, but you know designed so those guys can do you know multiple flips and three sixties on them, yet still have a little bit of cushion, a little bit of forgiveness, so they don't blow out the rear tires on the landings. You know. Gotcha. Yeah, like, that's so impressive, man. That those guys do that it's backflips hands off the bike oh, like, my <laughs> goodness 30 feet 40 feet in the air yeah in um, insane uh, uh, nick nick who was filming yesterday yes I think talked blair into doing a backflip so i think bear blair is like slated to try a backflip oh my We're gosh blair. he's gonna do it to like um like an airbag first but yeah, yes he's, he's committed to it so holy blair, blair if you're listening you know yeah. yeah oh was, my gosh so, so blair and then how did you know nick threw a backflip at the session jump at sky park yeah crazy huh that's so insane and where do you learn this stuff like do you do it into a pool into an airbag like no, it, nick, nick said he started with an airbag i've i've tried it in an airbag a few times and you know pulled it off but failed a few times and decided i didn't want to fail on the dirt so i've never tried it on the dirt and i don't think i ever want to um yeah. so anyway Brett Hustle. <laughs> want to be there. <laughs> Blair, there's going to be so many YouTubers and Instagrammers there when you decide to go through this. It's Actually, you know, the you know, a good spot. Um, maybe Sea Otter this next year. There's the airbag there. We could get them to do it there. Yeah, that would be good. There, yeah. there you go. Now, I don't know, but I've heard that the airbag could even hurt versus like a foam pit. Like, yeah. I, I the times true. The time I didn't pull it off in the airbag, uh -huh. like the two times my neck was really, really, really sore because it oh. kind of it can catch you. 
you know, yeah. it's like, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain, but, but it, yeah. yeah, my neck was pretty tweaked. Dude, there could still be like that big slap, you know, all that mass coming down versus yeah. a foam pit. It's just kind of like squishy. Nick, Nick, uh, on that, on that jump that he backflipped at uh, Sky Park, his first attempt, he just didn't quite make it and ran right out of it. Didn't like even, didn't even phase him that he didn't pull it off. Oh so, my gosh. But I think oh youth, youth and uh, flexibility are key. Yeah. Right. As soon as, uh, for us older guys, as soon as we go upside down, it's like, which way is up again? Which way am I supposed to go? <laughs> oh, man. SSB. John B is in the house. He says, what up, family? Let's go. Good, good to see you, John. Good to see you on here. Um, Joe Pimp is saying Woodward and Tahoe is a good place to practice for kids. Okay. Yeah. Because cool. Woodward's always have a lot of cool stuff, man. I, oh, I yeah, love it. Oh, yeah. They probably have the practice. Resi ramp uh, landings, so yeah, practice their tricks and stuff. That's right, uh, Mia. What's up, Mia from MTB Women's Network? She says, "What's up, everyone? Welcome, welcome to the show." Uh, again, we're talking with Brett Hall, the owner of Psychological, and uh, man, su such a crazy cool story on how you opened the shop up twelve years ago. Um, Joey, if we can, let's let's pull up the Instagram and uh, go back through some of the psychological pictures because not only is he an owner of the bike shop but he is a great writer and there is some good video coming out of um this southern california area bill where where do you primarily like to ride um you know just to get my morning workout a little secret spot uh, by the shop in uh san juan hills called uh, camino los Rambles. it's not dog park it's kind of similar dirt and terrain to that like hardback clay um it's a great area to get out. Some uh, good short, steep runs. It's not really well-known place, but it's fun. Um, so that's good for a quick. It's five minutes away from the shop. Quick rip. Um, but I really love Laguna. I like getting out to Laguna, and uh, there's some amazing trails out there. Um, some that are, um, you know, not designated as legit legal trails, but there's some really good trails out there. There's some steep stuff coming out of there, man. When I see, whenever I see like footage that comes out of there, Bill, I'm like, holy, holy smokes. Um, we'll pull this up here for the folks that are are looking. This is the Instagram page for Psychological. And um, when we go through here, there's a, there's a couple. Bill, is there, is there something here that you wanted to? Uh... This is a, this is a cool little trail. Um, the one, uh, let's see, I think it's Chris Heath is staring into the uh, scroll down. Down, down, down. Lost. Oh, did I go too far? I don't know. No, I don't see it anymore. I just see myself on the screen. For the folks that are uh, that are on the audio, uh, we're heading over to Psychological's uh, Instagram page and looking at some of the the footage that comes out of there from uh, Southern California. Looks like you got like ambassador writers, um, just yeah. guys that like like look at this one right here. This looks like a steep. What what is this one right here? Holy cow. I don't see it. Oh, it's not it's not popping up on your side? No. You right. Does everyone else see it? <laughs> no, no, no. It's 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 coming up. It's right here. Oh, there you go. Oh, what's that? That is something. That looks oh I, I know what that is. That looks like um the oh, oh, oh that's uh that's PGs. That's the uh that's the rock roll on PGs. Um and that was one of our shop ambassadors. Ryan Brewbaker, aka Brewdozer. Um, he uh, that was 
this is one of those trails where you don't really want to ride after June, in my opinion, okay. especially if you're close to 200 pounds. Ryan's probably 6'2", 195, big dude. Hard to get slowed down and get turned for that. And the consequence, if you don't make that turn, is can be um, pretty, pretty gnarly. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it'd be a helicopter ride. I mean, look at that stuff right there. There you go. Jeez, my there, goodness. You can see uh, Laguna Canyon down below you at 133. Holy cow. Yeah. So he just, he just laid it down right there because of the corner. He's like, yeah. I'm not going off of that. <laughs> my gosh. Okay. And then he turned into a dirt chero because you get all sweaty and then you fall in that dust and yeah, dirt, <laughs> instant dirt chero. Then there was there was this one up here. I think this is also another one of your local spots. Let's see. You were, is it this one right here? Oh yeah, that's a GoPro of me following uh, Yeti uh, Yeti guy Chris Heath. He's borrowing my Pivot Firebird two nine. This guy's a pro and has never ridden this trail, and he decided to ride it blind with me behind him. And, uh, and I like to like to think I'm pretty fast on this trail, but he kind of gapped me, and he'd never ridden this trail before. So wow, totally the, riding, geez, riding it blind. Yeah, there's a reason why they call them professionals. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Look at that thing, Air Blair saying one of the gnarliest trails in LB. Zero room for error. Wow. Wow. Look at that. Tight turns. Exposure on the right. Yeah. This is spring conditions. So this is prime. This is another trailer. It's like after June or July, um, you know, till we start getting rains. And um, it is, uh, it's one of those trails where hard to get slowed down in certain areas. And dang. But it's kind of a, uh, one of the slower speed, steeper techie trails out there, I think. You have that exposure and those sharp turns, man. You want to make sure you're not. And it's kind of easy to get. It's like, ah, oh, that's a really nice ocean view. And it's like easy to get distracted. Right. Staring off the ocean. Or if you override it and then you don't make a corner, that's, uh, there's like. They just lay, lay there and look at the ocean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I Bomber Crew just jumped on. What's up, Bomber Crew? They're a veterans organization. Uh, oh, cool. Big, big crew. Um, cool. Yeah, Bill here. I, mean, I need to hook up with those guys because you know um, one of our one of our ambassadors is uh, is um, well, we've got a few different veterans that are our ambassadors um, that are uh, ex-military and myself as well. Um, and it's kind of one of the things we like to foster is you know getting people you know uh, back on the bike after they after they come back uh, from maybe serving a tour. Um, so we work a lot with them. Uh, our friends at Camp Pendleton, and um, one of our one of our friends is a gunny sergeant there who brings younger guys that have come back into the shop. We get them set up, and uh, you know, gives you something to think about, um, you know, other than the negative stuff that you came back with. Right. Yeah, I, I love what the, you guys are doing with that um, bomber crew and EVA team EVA. They're just really helping out with PTSD for a lot of these soldiers who come back and uh, they need an outlet. Yeah, it's a it, it's an amazing outlet, and and uh, yeah, we've got several several people that can really attest to that that have uh, you know come back messed up, and you know this has helped them a lot. Uh oh, <laughs> right, this is a this is a trail built by uh, woo that that guy's name is that's Chad Webster, and uh, he's on uh, it's like custom hand built uh, steel bike out of uh, Las Vegas. I forget the brand. Um, it's a 160 travel 29er. 
um, he built that trail. It's called Hit Hitman. Hitman. Oh yeah, that's a Riverside. That's Riverside yeah, area. You know, it's out in Riverside. Uh, that's a springtime trail, of course, for out in Riverside. Um, but reminds me, it's like a bigger version of the Super Mario drop in Laguna, okay. but very similar feel to that drop. Um, and uh, yeah, it's no joke. Yeah, that definitely. I and and uh, I heard. I know some of the trail dogs had sent off of this. I heard that the the actual drop is kind of blind. The line for it. Oh yeah, we we try to keep a couple of rocks up there uh -huh. on, the, on the top, and then same thing for like a trail like, uh, um, you know, if we're gonna ride a trail like like that in Laguna. We try to leave some sticks up there for the proper takeoff, but. It's good to look at it, line it up first, uh, think about it, maybe go out there with someone who's done it before and yeah. uh, line it up before you do it. Yeah. Take yeah. a bike back up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Always good when you, when you can. Uh, this, take is a bike pink, back up. this is the pink pig right here. Um, that's, yeah, Brian, Brian Haig riding the pink pig, which was a, I think Santa Cruz made a limited number of these mega towers in, in uh, light pink. Dang. Look at this. Look at this. There is so much steep stuff this in is, uh, Laguna Elisa Elisa yeah, area. My Laguna, goodness. This is Laguna. Uh, this is a uh, Elisa Wood Canyon. Kind of. Uh, I think this trail is called Meadows. Meadows. Yeah. Okay. Wow. We'll just call it Meadows. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Dang. So much stuff. And for the folks who've ever seen some of uh, Tommy's videos, Reckless Riders, you might recognize some of this stuff. But my my goodness, Bill, there is some crazy stuff. But how awesome is it, man, that, that you get to live this type of lifestyle, riding your bike with all these folks? Yeah, it's super cool. It, you know, it's amazing. You know, really, really lucky to, to be able to do this. So. And what's so for psychological, the, the store, I know you you are, you know, you guys are back in there uh, running the shop, building out this Enduro team. But what else is what, what are some of the future things that you have in store for psychological? Well, definitely the uh, the collaborations with uh, with the events and things like that. Also, we love to collaborate with Over the Hump. Um, that's just a, a really good event, event too. And then uh, I've got to got to drop a note about Ralph, Ralphie Ralphie Andrews. He's our uh, one of our employees. Has been there for a while. Um, he's like people call him the mayor of Dana Point. Uh, oh, that's awesome. He uh, he started. Um, he re actually started uh, the company Killer Dana Surf Shop in Dana Point. So he's a um, really avid surfer and uh, just has, has actually even the fact that he was a surfer and had Killer Dana, he's always hosted a, um, a group mountain bike ride at, at Romless every Tuesday. And it's his groups and, you know, it's kind of a, it's the Ralphie riders. Um, and uh, so he's been doing that for years. Uh, good group of guys that he brings out there a lot of surfers he's brought so many surfers into the mountain bike industry and he oh, just wow. says to him yeah bro you know you know it's always uh six feet and classy in the dirt you know the waves are never not always there right <laughs> and gives us a shaka and <laughs> when he brings people in and just gets people stoked on the new sport and getting them involved and uh and surfing is like a really humbling thing. I didn't try surfing until I was 40 years old and probably the most humbling thing I've ever, I've ever tried. So these surfers, they've got mad skills. They're, they, they, they get on the, the mountain bikes and they pick it up really quick, um, which is really, really neat to see. 
Yeah, I, I bet a lot of that that pumping action, like pumping in the wave, being in the oh, right. Yeah. It's very. It, it translates a lot to, yeah. to the mountain bike and carrying speed. And then the elements. I mean, I remember when I used to surf a lot when I lived down in San Diego. That was one of the peaceful things, just getting away, getting out there, and, and having a blast, like with your buddies. You know, taking in the sunset or taking in the sunrise when you're paddling out in the ocean. And then yeah. there'd be these days where they were magical, and there'd be these days where you couldn't paddle out. Yeah. <laughs> For whatever reason, you just people to the left and to the right of you are paddling out fine. You're duck diving like crazy. You can't get yeah. out. One, one of the recent surfers that we brought in and that got into mountain biking, he's like, he's like, this sport's amazing. He goes, For most people, it'll take them three years to learn how to surf. Okay. You know, or just to get it. And in mountain biking, you can get it in three months because you can go out every day. Whereas in surfing, you have to, like you said, I couldn't paddle out that day. The conditions just weren't right or the water was too cold or right. yeah. Direction. With mountain, biking, with mountain biking or cycling, you can squeeze it in any time. Yes. Well, at least around here in Southern California. So yes, totally. And, and the cool thing about mountain biking too, that it's not like a, such a limited resource in the sense of the trails, meaning that, you got five guys on a peak of a wave and everyone's like trying to battle to, to get in the right spot to catch the wave. You got five guys that are getting ready to drop in on a trail and you're like, dude, let's go. You want to go? You want to follow? I'll follow. Do you want me? You want to come yeah. with us? So good. Yeah, exactly. It is so good. Um, trail pimp is saying he's up out of the Tahoe area. He's saying spokesman, congrats on your new bike. He just got a Yeti, which cool. is awesome. He says, thanks, man. New one dropping tomorrow. I'm celebrating. Did you get a one, SP 150? I believe it was a 150. Wasn't it a that 150 spokesman? Yeah, brother. Yeah. It, yeah, it was cool, beautiful. Cool. It was like this turquoise. And then you know how like there's a saying, how many bikes do you need? Well, there, it's the N. N plus, plus one. Yeah. Plus one, right? So yeah. if you have four bikes, then do I need a new bike? Well, N plus one means, yeah, I need five. <laughs> so. So this might be a quiver killer because he's saying it's an N minus one. He's got a pretty sweet video out there really? on YouTube. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I you got to check it out. Got to go to Spokesman yeah. MTB. Check out that N minus one video. He does a good job on that new bike cool. day, which is awesome. Bill, has, he, tried, has uh, he tried the E150 yet by any chance? Has anyone, anyone that's listening tried that bike? Ooh, ooh that's a good question. Yeah. Anybody yeah, tried the easy bike? He says, like, and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is, that is awesome. Um, when it comes to out of a bike shop, when it comes to people coming in, I'm sure it used to be like boys, boys, boys all the time coming in, guys, their, their sons. Are you seeing a good influx of females coming into the sport now? You know, we have um, on the descent race team, we've had two, two women on that team always. And, uh, and they've done a really good job for our shop as far as like, you know, fostering new female riders and uh, getting them into the shop. But what we're seeing, what I'm seeing a lot of is the younger girls. Um, we had, um, you know, one, one of the girls that we supported that's now sponsored by Specialized, um, as well as one of our junior uh, DH kids. Um, um, they've moved in and gotten picked up by, by Specialized. So we're seeing these younger female riders, a mm -hmm. lot of them coming into the sport and just just progressing. And there's a lot of opportunities for them in the industry. Um, I think a lot of brands are looking, you know, looking for that. Yeah. 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 With like, you know, Liv coming out with their stuff and their geometry, I believe their geometry is 
different. There, it's not just a smaller bike. I think it is a little different for the female riders. Yeah. Um, Juliana, I'm not sure if if there's, but yeah, it's it's great to see it. That that's that's cool that yeah. you're seeing well, that. A lot of it's marketing, you know, marketing speak, but you know, in these female specific products. Yeah. Okay. We're, they'll at least spec them with a like a shorter stem, a skinnier bar, um, a woman specific saddle, um, and some different colors, but. For the most part, I think they're mostly using the, uh, you know, the same same molds um, as as the men's bikes, but making those those other tweaks, you know, help help it out a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Alpha MTB part of the uh, part of the bomber crew says just stopping by to say what's up, MTB community. What's up, Alpha MTB? Good, good to see you. Um, you guys are getting called out here by Bill at Psychological saying that he wanted to hook up with you guys because he, Bill is also a veteran, so wanted to link up with you guys. Uh, MTB Co-op just joined. He says, awesome to see the support expand to more people. Sweet Lines in Seattle is a great program promoting diversity in the sport. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That, that they got awesome. a great, that like out in um, just east of Highway 90, um, Duthie, um, I think is a really great spot for people to progress. Then I heard they have a spot like that they built under the under Interstate Five in downtown Seattle that has like a bump track as well. Ooh, ooh. Which means that if it's underneath, <laughs> that it's probably dry. So anyway, they could probably speak more to that. I, I used to uh kind of grew up in that area, but yeah. I love it. Yeah, it could be like really good, you know dry but still moist type of uh terrain versus what we have out here we're we're riding on uh slippery slippery stuff yeah. <laughs> mtb co-op says oh, i was just there today confirmed the place cool. exists that's awesome that's awesome yeah. bill what do you think you for as far as like from what you see in the mountain biking community and my mountain biking industry is there something that's missing that needs to be filled is there a gap that uh, we could all do as a community or uh, think a mountain bike brand needs to do something is there a gap that you can see i just think uh you know a friendly friend, friendly education amongst riders and newer riders and just keeping keeping what we love about mountain biking or what what you personally love about mountain biking and what might be your pet peeve and trying to try to make sure that we keep the community growing but growing in a way that's growing in a way that's just core to what your beliefs are and how you want to, you know, experience mountain biking and how you experienced it when you first became a mountain biker. Um, kind of welcoming. I, I, I hope it, I hope it continues that way. Yeah. Bringing the, yeah. Bringing the stoke too. I mean, just, yeah, just getting that, just, just getting people happy and, you know, yeah. making, making them excited about what they're doing. And remembering, yeah. like, even if you're riding with someone new, just remember the first time that you caught air. And it's like cheering, cheering that person on and being like, hey, that was red. You, you caught air. That's amazing. Right. Yeah. Kind of like letting them just enjoy, validate how they feel because we were just there too. Alpha MTB yeah. says, Veterans Day ride. Come out. Come on out, Bill. So, Sounds yeah. Good. From right. veterans. For veterans. SSB says, uh, Glad to see Mark and Bill with high energy after a long day yesterday. I'm making memories, not excuses. SSB life. I cannot wait for that commercial to come out. It's going to be so fun to see. MTB Co-op is saying, here we go. This is it. 15 col col colonnade? 
I actually have a video of that area. Pretty okay, cool, cool spot. Lots of potential. That's the spot you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. That that is cool. Spokesman MTB says gotta put that on the wish list. Oh man. Bill, it, it's been awesome to have you on the show. Cool. Thank you so much for taking the time to to talk to us about psychological, kind of like the story of how the shop opened and, and where you are today. Um, tell people how they can follow psychological and and if they're in the area. You know, where, where are you located where they could just pop yeah. on in? Yeah, so we're at the downtown Dana Point and the heart of Dana Point at the corner of Pacific Coast Highway and Golden Lantern. Hmm. Hobie Surf Shop's actually on the corner, and then we're uh, directly behind Hobie Surf Shop um, across from Hennessy's Tavern in the plaza. <laughs> nice. Reading nice. Yeah, some brisket there. And then brisket by Brian. Brisket by Brian. And then as far as, uh, uh, IG, where can they follow you on, on IG? Um, psychological on IG, C-Y-C-L-E-O-G-I-C-A-L. Um, so, yeah, nice. Same one. Same there one. it is right there. Yeah. Psychological. Yeah. This is a, looking on, this is the inside of the shop right here. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of it there. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, folks, if you're looking for a bike or if you're in the area, pop on into uh, Psychological. Say hi to Bill. Say hi to Melissa. Have, have some refreshments. We always have refreshments and, uh, you know, cool, cool thing to talk, cool things to talk about with the, uh, with the guys wrenching on bikes and um, good trail advice too. all the all the guys know, know all the trails in the area and happy to point you in the right direction. Um, talk about the local San Clemente stuff. Um, and if you are if you're a writer in the area, as you build out this team, this this uh, psychological enduro team, how what kind of person are you looking for to to be on the team? And how would somebody approach you as far as like saying, "Hey, I'm totally interested in, in being part of this team." What are you looking for? So we're looking for we're looking for writers that are really interested in progressing. Um, the youth was our main focus before, and we've brought a lot of youth writers up and, you know, through the ranks and some have gotten, you know, sponsored and are making money cycling now. Um, others have gone on to, like I said, um, one of our shop groms, he worked with us from the time he was 14 till he was 18. Uh, he's just finished medical school and is doing his residency in Colorado, but still rides and represents our, our shop. So we want people that are going to ride, represent the product, and also um, jointly represent our, our sponsors like SSB and have a succinct plan in place as far as how you're going to represent psychological and the brands we carry. Um, most, most of the people that we've brought on have come to me with a you know, with a plan of the race schedule they plan on racing, um, the events they plan on hitting, and uh, what they've done before in the past. And then we, we look at it based on that. And, and if it's a good fit, we bring them on board. Nice. Do they have to be local in the area? Or if there is a race circuit close by? I mean, do you uh, do? We kind of do prefer, I mean, because we are a local shop, just to, just to benefit our shop and bring people in that are going to, you know, um, come to psychological and buy a bike or come to psychological and get fit or get service. Um, so I would say we're open to anything, but mainly Southern California. That makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Somewhere local close by. What a beautiful spot, man. 
right there by the Hobie shop in Dana Point. Uh, Bill, it's been awesome talking to you. Uh, Melissa, I see you in the background every now and again. Great, great seeing you. <laughs> She's been walking by. Yeah. <laughs> great seeing you. Yeah. Bill, is there anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to share before we sign off for the for the night? No, I'm all good. That was great. That was, that's, that was pretty cool. I like seeing everyone chiming in, too. Awesome, awesome. Looks like you got a couple people that are going to be stopping by. Bomber Crew is going to stop by. Brett Hall says he's going to give the IG a follow at Psychological. That's Cycle like cycle c-y-c-l-e and then logical and you could find them there uh trail dogs are going to stop on by that is a cool. big squad they've got a ton of followers uh spokesman mtb saying ssb for the win and then this just popped in the mtb co-op if any of you make it up to washington i'll show you around awesome cool. conversation guys thanks for building the community love it right. love, it, love it awesome thanks With that, yeah really Oh, man. With that being said, it's great to see you guys. Uh, thank you all so much for the chat for joining us. And Bill, Melissa, and I are out. And if you're in the area, stop on into Psychological. Say what's up to Bill and Melissa. See you guys on the trails. Like that the show is over my goodness it seems to always go so fast hope you guys enjoyed that episode with our special guest bill mall and the story of psychological uh, definitely love how you can think of a dream and change your career in your 40s to to do something that's closer to what you love to do and uh, make a living doing it so it's truly truly awesome also thank you to all of you who are downloading these and uh, also going into the chat when we have these live i really 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 appreciate all of you for the downloads the listening and participation it makes the podcast so fun and you may be hearing a little difference in my voice i'm actually recording this on a on a device called the procaster that is a new microphone by Rode, as well as device that we use now called the Rodecaster Pro. This is like all next level stuff for me, but hopefully in the end, what it means to you is that you just have a, a better sounding experience when you're listening to the segment podcast. And it wouldn't have been done without all the support. So basically on the lives, people will donate money for the show and either it goes to the guest if they're if they're raising money for something and if it isn't then it goes into the channel in which i'm able to do little upgrades like this here and there whenever there's enough in the pot so thank you all so much for the support hope you guys are doing well hope you enjoyed this episode and are either pulling up to your trails and getting ready for an amazing adventure or driving home from an amazing adventure and feeling that awesome feeling of the post stoke it's always good stuff. And remember, folks, whatever it is that you do, make sure you know it's okay to dream big. Dream ridiculously big and start to pick out those little goals from those dreams and put them on paper. Once you put them on paper, you can start to achieve those goals like building a Lego set. And before you know it, you're living your dream. So I'll leave you with that. And until the next episode, hope you guys are doing well and hope to see you on the trails. <laughs>